We have a real treat for you today because we have a communication expert. Actually, technically, she prefers to be unsquashing your content. It is the Trisha Lewis and we're going to be making conversations about unsquashing yourself count. What's new, Wendy Wu? I've been coaching and it seems that one of the biggest tips that I could give to anyone who is just maybe stuck in a rut or needing to just reignite a little passion for what it is that they're doing and saying is to sit up straight and smile. I've said this before, but when you question yourself on whether you are being too salesy, honestly, ask yourself this. Are you offering them all of the right information for them to make the best decision they possibly can? If the answer is yes, then you are being most helpful, not most salesy. If you'd like some more tips on that, you can always book a call with me and find out more about my one-to-one power-ups or my team training sessions. Let's get back to the conversation with Trisha Lewis. Making conversations about unsquashing yourself count. I cannot believe that I have got the Trisha Lewis communication expert joining me in our conversation that counts today. Now, I say communication expert, that is nuts and bolts what she does. However, she's on an unsquashable mission. So, Trisha, I think you'd better introduce yourself and explain. You asked me how to introduce me. And I said, well, you can do the boring one or the intriguing one. And that unsquashy word is the intriguing one. Because obviously, if you don't know me, you'll think, what the heck is she talking about? But that's kind of what I do with clients. I unsquash them when I unsquash their business or help them to, I should say. So it is all about communication. I mean, everything's about communication. And that's my background as an actor professional speaker, if you like, professional communicator, and also my degree and my research is all about that fabulous human-to-human communication and everything that happens that messes with it, all the noise, internal, external, that stops those messages getting out there. So my mission is, and it's nearly always small business owners I'm working with, often slightly overthinking ones, but like me, maybe slightly creative or quirky, people who don't like getting out there and shouting, who don't want to be over-salesy, and all of this stuff that's playing on their minds is stopping them from actually showing up and sharing their fabulousness, you know. So I help them to unsquash themselves, to get those perspectives, those unique stories, those quotables, if you like, out there so that people really engage with them online and offline rather than just the bland stuff that they might be safely putting out there and feeling incredibly demotivated about. So it's motivation, it's confidence, and it all ends up with more connections and opportunities. I would say it's like conversation full fat, and I think this is where we're in alignment in the conversations that we've had previously. And I've, I would give you a shout out to your show because I've been a guest on your show. 
And this was where that connection was made, that synergy in as much as, you know, sometimes it's the quirky people. I kind of probably a bit quirky. I think you're a bit quirky too, Tricia. So, you know, you attract those sorts of people. And when it comes to talking about your business, it can feel like a real big salesy thing. But once you nail who you are and who you serve and how you serve them, it becomes really easy to talk about. Exactly. And you're enthused about it then. That's the the other thing, isn't it? The huge difference in your energy. And of course, that energy is picked up by everybody else. And so that's why it's so important to nail this. Yeah. You're also an author. So tell us a little bit more about the book. It's The Mystery of the Squash Self. So my take on imposter syndrome is very different. I spent a couple of years doing a lot of talks on imposter syndrome And it's a journey I've sort of been through myself, lifetime. But I suddenly thought, hang on a minute, I want this to be more positive, more empowering. And my squashed self-perspective is that we actually suppress our true selves for fear that revealing our whole passion, personality and power is going to get us judged as an unlikable show-off. That's my snappy definition. Yeah. So rather than say with imposter syndrome, you might say, ah, oh, I, I better not tap and do that because I might not be good enough. I might be found out. With this, you're saying, I could really nail that, but I better not because people might think I'm just showing off or I'm a clever clogs or, mm, yeah. So you start from a much more positive place. The fact of the matter is they both hold you back and, put you back in your box. So they're no good. But it's a I think it's a more positive way of looking at it. And the number of people that I've spoken to have said, oh my God, I get that. Yes, I worry about people thinking I'm showing off just because I'm going to get up and stand in front of a networking event and do a talk or put something slightly more unusual on LinkedIn. And so I sort of don't. Yeah. It's that comparatonitis that we have as well. It's a really, really bad condition if you catch it because We all need to remember that we're each unique and stand in our own true light. So when you come from that place, some of the coaching I did last week, for example, they were like, oh, but it's really salesy and I'm not a salesperson. I'm like, you're not really selling anything. What you're actually doing is you're giving the facts about the best decision for their business. What you've just said is, in fact, because this book's it, it's not just, it's very unusual. I won't go into too much detail, but it makes it real so you can spot the symptoms. So there are eight cases of small business owners who visit Investigator Lewis. That, that's a, a oh, story. Well, I love that because yeah, this I, is where I, the storytelling comes in. Yes, the storytelling, absolutely. So it really makes it real. And people say, oh my God, I so recognize that thing that I do. But it's also got actions, recommendations, and reframes. What you just said is one of the reframes, basically. You're not being salesy and showing off and trying to force people. You're giving them the gift of knowing that you're there to help them. You know, it's just a reframe. And it's that if you actually then help them, that's a win for you. It's a win for them. And it's also a win for the company. So it's a triple win. Win, win, win. Who doesn't want a triple win. So, Tricia, I mean, communication is one of those things, isn't it, that's really important and 
you just referred to being judged. And yesterday you messaged me knowing that you were coming on the show today and knowing that we use a little bit of video to promote the show. You said, oh, my goodness, is this going to be too scary because you've had a procedure on your nose? And it looks really sore, I have to say, Tricia. I think, honestly, I was kind of like, I don't think it's scary. Let's turn this into a positive, which is kind of what we're all about. And say, if you've got something going on, get it checked. So tell us a little bit about your nose and how that came about. My beautiful nose has been messed around with. And I look a bit like sort of Frankenstein's monster, um, but it's fine. I'm not actually vain. One of the advantages of being older, that's gone out the window because, you know, you get bits and bobs, so that's fine. But I didn't want to put anybody looking at this. So it is a positive message. It was a basal carcinoma, which is cancerous, and they're very common, very, very common. On the tip of my nose, and I've had it for two, three years, and I thought it was just a little funny bump. (laughs) I thought it was a spot, didn't have a head, tried to squeeze it like we do. So I then, um, with a bit of cold as well, so I'm very nose-centric today. But, yeah, I vaguely asked a doctor a couple of years ago. The doctor sort of vaguely said, oh, nothing to worry about. But it was when I went to get a mole checked out about eight months or so ago, the uh, specialist said, hang on a minute, just look at that thing with your nose. He said, I need to do a biopsy on that. I said, really? I just thought it was a little funny old age bump thing. And yeah, so that was cancerous. And so they need to take that. And they, the procedure is incredibly brilliant. It's called Mose surgery, M-O-H. Mose, it's gold standard. They take concentric circles out and test them while you're there so that they know they've got it all. And, it, you know, they're, they're not leaving any bits dangling around the edges of, of that. With me, I was lucky they got it out in one, but a nice divot in the end of my nose. And, of course, all the stitches are there because they do skin flaps. Cut, 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 cut. <laughs> it's fascinating, <laughs> though. And then, you know, stitch it up so that they cover the hole, basically. So so it was only a smallish thing, but by the time they're taking it out and then done all the divot, so the, the skin stuff, obviously it looks a bit more dramatic. But they always say, and there were people in the waiting room there with me, people in the outpatients, all with the same thing, different places on their face particularly, it's sun. Now, I didn't think that I'd done excessive sun over my lifetime. I got skin that tans easily. Certainly in latter times, I've always put some sun cream on. Of course, when I was younger, it was all about frying stuff. So maybe, yeah, come to think of it. But that's needing to be acknowledged by people. But you do need to put probably factor 50 on. And the specialist said the factors you need to think they're lower than, you know, because of the testing they do would be very thick if you put it on in it. Yeah. Wear hats. And just be really conscious of any little bumps that crop up and get them checked out. And stay safe in the sunshine. You know, with the way that the planet is is warming up, yeah. I believe we're going to get more and more of it, aren't we? Well, I think you look very glamorous this morning with your Frankenstein nose. I wouldn't say it looks that hor- horrific at all, but goodness, it's like you've had a nose job on the NHS, isn't it? I <laughs> If you were not happy with it before, you can go back and complain now. <laughs> but but no, a really important message that overthinking something could have stopped our opportunity to speak this morning. So 
I thought, well, actually, we can highlight this. This is a good thing. And I'm so glad that we are talking today. So what's your number one unsquashable tip for getting people to start thinking about, am I doing that? Am I holding myself back? What's the Trisha Lewis recipe? I mean, I talk about the fibs that hold us back, which actually stands for fears, illusions and baggage. And obviously, as humans, we are surrounded by them. So from our childhood, I'm not meaning that you've got to have been terribly badly treated or anything, but it's human. We're survival instincts. We always are our own harshest critic. We veer towards the negative rather than the positive. That's a survival instinct. We've got the illusions as in you've got to be like this to be a successful business person. This is what this looks like, you know, labels, assumptions. Oh, my gosh, it's a bucket. So the first step absolutely is awareness, 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 which is why in this book I've made it real so that you can laugh at it to a certain extent. But that you've got to start doing the forensics. You've got to stop and pause and think, what, 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 why am I thinking that? Why am I reacting like that? Why am I getting all annoyed about this other person's website just because I think it's better than mine? Well, what's going on? Why am I saying yes, but I need to say no? What? You've just got to stop and press pause. And that's what I did. And it's, I know it sounds trite, but it's a habit you get into. And my husband actually once said to me, it's like, instead of now, Having these triggers have you go right to the bottom of the self-doubt spiral. You tip over the edge, grab on, and pull yourself up really quickly. Whereas before, I could get triggered by something and I could still be ruminating about it like a week later, you know. And every time, every moment you're spending in this negative state, you're squashing yourself, you're holding back, you're literally, your body language is becoming squashed. So... Self-awareness. And then the reframes. Okay, if I do this, I'm worried that this will happen. Why would that happen? Okay, how about I look at it like this? If I do this, maybe that will happen. Or I've no idea what will happen. But stop making the assumption. Stop thinking you can read everybody's mind. Stop thinking that the shiny veneer that you're seeing of everybody's life is real. And just... Get get real, because there's no question, obviously, social media is playing into the comparisonitis trap. So, but also, I talk about the should trap, and it's really, really key to stop and question, why am I going to do this course? Why am I going to do my post using this template? What, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Because it's probably just that you think that's how it's meant to be done, because someone maybe that you see as being further into a successful business group has said that's how you do it. Every point you're forgetting is you as a unique individual. (laughs) Yes. No, I I totally agree. We watched the Ricky Gervais stand-up Humanity on telly over the weekend. I've got a lot of time for him and what he does. And he touches on it in his show about how what he actually thinks about social media, but then he's still drawn into social media. And the way that he puts it is that we're all human and we all kind of should have left it, didn't. (laughs) And this is kind of exactly what you're saying, isn't it, Tricia, is be conscious 
of the actions that you're taking. And sometimes I think we justify things with the wrong values behind them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And also don't forget that our brain get I've also done a hell of a lot of research on the brain because I spent 10 years working freelance, but I was working with people with dementia and I got absolutely fascinated by our brains. Wow. And okay. um I, I think it's really good to get very real about what's going on. This is why I use the word forensic a lot, because the more you realize it its ability to trick us, the better. I mean, it is only there in a dark skull, you know, reliant on a few holes in its eyes. It's not this perfect guarantee of getting everything right that we sometimes give it credit for. So those feelings, feelings that you get are probably often very much not what you think they are, you know, that you're reacting to something, it's your body is saying to your brain, oh, you're in danger, you're in danger. And you're not. It's just maybe you've seen somebody who looks like your ex-husband in the street and it's set up this odd reaction in your body, which has said the message. Your brain is not thinking, oh, Pressure just seen somebody who looks like your ex-husband in the street. There's nothing to worry about, nothing to worry about, no danger here. It is simply pulling on that bodily response, you know, that lurching stomach or whatever. Interesting that you mentioned dementia there because last week's guest was Veronica Franklin Gould and we talked at great length about brain health. And at the same time, it's overriding whatever stresses you're facing. And it brings you a sense of the social group, even if you're not with them, but you're preparing for them. And that's a lovely thing to do. And, you know, I talked to Mike Pagan in the past about mental wealth. As a child, you do short-term thinking the whole time because you can't see past lunchtime, you can't see past next Tuesday, whatever it is. It's not the obvious topic for a business podcast. However, when I first met Veronica, it was very closely linked to my now late mother-in-law. We were going through how to make her life better. And she didn't have dementia, but she had lots of debilitating illnesses. So we were treating similar symptoms, if you like. And for me as a business owner, it was terribly distracting having to look after somebody with those symptoms. So if as a business owner, we can support that conversation and say, there are ways that you can help yourself and the person that is suffering, but also to help yourself longer term to kind of head it off at the pass be doing something about it now while you're fit and able and mentally capable. So for me, it's almost like should be an even bigger conversation that we're having to help us. Yeah, absolutely, Wendy. There's not this neat line between life and work, is there, for goodness sakes? No. (laughs) No, absolutely. So when when you start talking about dementia, it is, it's kind of like, being able to stop and keep things going for us as long as we are capable to. And and ultimately, if we don't do it, it's our fault. It's nobody else's. You're squashing yourself longer term. You're doing it now for later. So the same rules apply, don't they? Yeah, I don't think we started because if I start talking about that experience that I had 
yeah, I did also be here for another three days. So, yeah, but <laughs> your nose would be better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just love the concept of unsquashing ourselves. You know, it's, it makes me think of, you know, why we are the best kept secret, what it is that we've got to tell of ourselves. And yeah, I just think that, please go and get Trisha's book. I think, you know, that has got to not, be... Not only that, Wendy, but I can, I'm now officially able to uh, divulge my TEDx talk on this topic. And uh, so I want to at TEDx Northwich on April the 23rd, 2022. Gorgeous like, day. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. yes, my husband's too, but, you know, we won't mention his unbirthday. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. That is yeah. fantastic news. That is basically, Wendy, that's me showing up and, and sharing. And I have stopped myself being scared of being judged as a show-off. So I've road tested this entire thing, listeners. This isn't me just looking at a bunch of theory and coming up with some washy idea. This is gritty. Yeah, this is real. It's interesting as well, though, isn't it? Don't you think, Tricia, that when we really get passionate about something, it's because we've been touched ourselves. It comes from a, a deeply personal place. And I don't care what other people think of this statement I'm going to make now, which is that I run a business, but bloody hell, I take it personally. It's my business to take it that personally, to care about it that much. So when people say, oh, you shouldn't take it personally, it's any business, I'm kind of like, Valerie, my mother-in-law, she couldn't speak in the end, but she was very good at doing this. <laughs> that was two fingers that you placed in a certain motion peace <laughs> <laughs> it's the peace sign what do you think Trisha do you think that I'm right to rant yeah yeah it is very very personal of course the hours and hours that we put into our business as business owners how could it be anything other than personal obviously there's the whole advice and it is absolutely true that when you're doing things like you know, the sort of thinking about your branding and all the rest of it and your messaging and your mission and your, you do have to be able, if you're a solo uh, entrepreneur or a solo visit, be able to step out and look at it in objectively and obviously think about why you're doing it for those people, etc. So it can't just be one big personal mess. That's not what we're saying. It's in your heart and soul on a daily basis and it really has to be, otherwise... I don't think you'd be getting up with the motivation when times are tough. So, I mean, if you talk about stupid, trolly things on social media, then you do have to learn the art of just doing exactly what you did with those two beautifully placed fingers and brushing it off. And again, the more unsquashed you are, the more resilient you are to be able to do that because you believe in yourself. And so you're not going to be crumbled quickly by stupid criticism yeah well i think there's a differential as well between being employed and working for yourself and that is that you don't clock in at nine and clock out at five it's an intrinsic part of your whole makeup 24 7 365 days a year even when you're on holiday and you're really trying to do your best to have a holiday you just can't help it but if you're going to be that connected to your business 
then there are certain skills that you need to learn. And it, it is about making sure that you are the best version of you in your business so that whatever it is that is taking over those brain cells and that energy is all put to positive use. Thumbs up. Thumbs up for that. Yes. We're going to carry on that conversation in just a moment. But first, let me tell you about my Power Up programme. An hour and a half with me and accountability later. It's by no means ever going to fix everything. But what it will do is it will allow us to find one area that's a key priority for you to implement straight away into your business and allow you to just see the other areas that you need work on. It's a great stepping stone into the 12-week building block programme. Just book a chin wag, let's have a natter and let's see how I can help you. I know we could talk for the three days until your nose is better, but I'm conscious of time. This is the part that I love and I know the listeners do too. It's where I get to say, Trisha Lewis, please share that pivotal conversation that you recall creating a turning point in your life, please. Well, it's all going to sound as if it's a bit too joined up this Wendy. Honestly, I went through hell and back trying to figure this one out because I'm 65 this year. I've had a lot of conversation. (laughs) (laughs) And I've had some enriching ones. I've had some horrible ones. I've had ones that have been, they have been pivotal, but they've been in a darker place. And I thought, nah, so this choice is not just because it links to the book and everything we've just talked about. It's because it was definitely a turning point. So interestingly, it involves one of your other guests called Janine Coombs, and it also involves somebody called John Asperian, who I suspect listeners will know. I'm a member of a group called You and the Media, and it's a- Mark Masters. Huge, big networking. It's just a community. It's fabulous. It's global. It's gorgeous. But it started locally where I live. And I found this community after really struggling with business networking, which is what I thought should trap I should be doing when I leapt from the world of acting into the world of business when I set up my coaching business. I was out of my comfort zone, didn't feel good. Going to the event, blah, 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 thought, what's going on? And I realised, of course, in hindsight, I wasn't being me for fear of being just as a show-off. So all that was happening without me realising it. Found this group, started to feel much more relaxed and went to the conference thing that he did before COVID, live event, and met people that I'd met on LinkedIn. And this was about three years ago now, maybe? Two or three years ago, probably. And I was still very much on a journey, very much. I was sort of evolving. I was being hit back. I was evolving. I was trying to get my message straight. I was frustrated a bit and thinking, not being me quite enough of it. Anyway, I get pulled aside at lunchtime uh, by John Asperian. This is the first time I've met him for real, really. And he says, Trisha, Trisha, you must come and meet Janine Coons. So we sat down at this table with this lovely lunch and we started, he said, I know you two are going to get on. I know you two. She does a bit of sort of acting as well in the business world. 
And I thought, oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did. We obviously, the, the three of us were having hysterics. There's some very funny photographic evidence with very funny facial expressions. We just clicked. But this is the moment where this became something more than just a lovely lunch conversation. I was being really honest about my frustration that I didn't think I could get my actor self into the world of business. And yet it was such a big part of who I was. But more than that, it was a huge part of what I bought to the value I gave to clients because everything that an actor learns. And also I've got a sense of humor. And I thought, I'm not really quite getting that across in my posts. I'm like, what's going on? Janine said, look, this is what I've done. I did it. And it got me brilliant engagement. You know, it was the best thing I did. She did a thing called The Secret Marketing Show. She'd dress up and do little sketches. Yeah, Yeah, she's ace. John also then, literally, they were both at me saying, Trisha, go on, do it. Put your fuller actor self out there. Just do it. Within maybe a week after that event, I picked up a prop that I had, which was a Trilby hat, and I just wandered in front of my tripod and camera in my office and I gave a communication tip in the style of a sort of 1940s private detective investigator. <laughs> Brilliant. I put some shades on, I think. I had the jewelry. I didn't even do the coat at that stage. It was the first version of it. And Investigator Lewis was born. Now, Investigator Lewis then turned up in extraordinary places, in the garage, by the bins, down, all over the place with these really short, snappy communication tips because basically, client came to me, this was the problem, I cracked the case, hey, you know, and so there was a tip. So it was a serious tip, but with entertainment, me as an actor. So I literally blended the two. It went on to create this book, The Mystery of the Squash Up, because in there you've got the investigator as the main character driving the narrative, basically. And so it got me a huge upswelling of followers on LinkedIn. And then if I looked at a graph, it would go, woo! So all my fears about nobody will take me seriously if they see me in this way, It wasn't me trying to be funny or trying to be clever or trying to be quirky or different or anything. It was me being me because I just spent a lifetime as an actor, as a performer, as an entertainer. And I'm a professional communicator with a lot of academic knowledge about communication. I literally put the two together and put it out into the most businessy social media, LinkedIn And only good things have happened. And to me, that was more than just, okay, I've done some nice posts on LinkedIn. It was the confirmation that I needed that it was okay to be more me. Phew. Interesting that, you know, I mean, Janine, she's what I would call a revolutionary. You could see she's in the resistance, you know, she she was fighting for the resistance of things. And John is so analytical and, you know, knowledgeable about his subject matter. So two experts in their own right, in their own field and this sort of thing, just basically turn around and saying, Trisha, it's okay. You've got permission to do it. Now, hang on. So what's been stopping me from doing it? And you've got to listen to external voices because you're not listening to your internal voice. 
that's the key message for us all, isn't it? And the other message is, of course, that it was John is the great connector, but he won't connect people who he doesn't see turning up as being real. So I, it wasn't like I wasn't being really. I think you could see my struggle. <laughs> I think it, I think you know though it was kind of clear. I was sort of slightly oscillating in, in the style of the process, but but he had had a conversation with me. I joined a group that felt aligned. So all of these things are part of the unsquashing mission. And I had, I was doing this myself because that conversation would never have happened if I hadn't been constantly curious, constantly knowing that I needed to evolve, that every step back I got back up because I thought, no, there's something missing here. What is holding me back, et cetera, et cetera. So that curiosity is what gets you out there. You ask questions, you start conversation, conversations. It was, it was, <laughs> that conversation was not a Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? Exactly. Who the heck knew? And obviously it was a bonus having us there in the flesh, in real life, because you've got the body language and all the rest of it going on. And it was hugging and all those lovely things we did. But even still, you know, just being approachable there online in a way that people like John and Janine can feel that they can connect with you. You know, you, that's the first small steps. You've at least got to go there. And that is a bit of vulnerability and all those other things that we know about. But those people are there for you. They're not there as a bunch of blinking, you know, zombies trying to eat you. You know, that that's the other thing. Stop thinking of them as a negative force. They're Generally, 99% are positive force if you allow them in. It's that forensic style that you have adopted and I can see where that comes from. And I love curiosity anyway. And when I'm training, I'm like, well, you know, if you're not interested, 1%, don't do it. So it's having that natural curiosity of wanting to find out more and to be open to explore and to take on board other people's suggestions and things as well. And, and I know that there's, you know, certainly I'm personally going through this kind of like mm, trying to figure out the now, how I want to go about something. I've kind of exhausted the how I felt about some of the posts that I was doing and how I was presenting myself. So I know that I've kind of, it's growing pains and it's not just limited to being a new business or an established business, or a kid of 13, you know, these growing pains are just another layer, isn't it, of where well, you're going? I'll just literally give you the sentence that I was going to share of one of the slightly darker surrounding pivotal conversations, because you've literally touched on it. I have been married more than once, but in my second husband, I'm now my third, okay, most people know that. Very happy, been together for years and years. But my second husband, I'm very good friends with. But there was a, this moment where it was a definite tipping point where he said something like, I won't put on the northern accent, but I am who I am and that's it. And that to me was a real clash of deep value difference yeah. because what you've just said is how I feel, which is I am still evolving. I am still becoming, to use Michelle Obama's book title, you know, I am still on that journey and I aim to be on it until my last breath. 
that's interesting because my now second husband says, I don't think I've changed. And we've been together 20 odd years. And I went, oh, yes, you have. You're just in denial. (laughs) And I hope, for goodness, that I have changed. The fundamentals, I want to stay the same. Fundamentally, I want to stay the same person. But I know I have grown. And that's what we should all strive for. Because what is it they say? You're a long time dead. Learn something new every day. Embrace it. Tricia, thank you so much for sharing and for bringing Janine back into the show. I think it's great. <laughs> she actually wrote the foreword in my book as well. So we're, we're pretty much soul sisters. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, there are so many fabulous people I've met on this journey, including yourself. So thank you for having me on. No, honestly, it's been my absolute pleasure. I really do believe that listeners will get a lot out of going, I need to be asking myself some questions. So that's great. But once they've start asking those questions, it's likely that they're going to need to ask somebody. So Tricia, if they need to come find you, where's the best place for them to come find you? If you want to really get to know the sort of stuff I put out there, definitely I want you there with me on LinkedIn. Okay. My website is actually pretty good and I think now reasonably easy to follow, but you can just go straight into the discovery call thing because I'm hopefully you will have got the impression from this that I am very easy to have a conversation with. I do short one-to-ones and I do longer programs, but it, it all starts with you. So yeah, I, that's what I like best is just, you know, get to know me or direct message me on LinkedIn or, you know, just spend a while behind the scenes looking at my stuff on LinkedIn and my website. But please, please just get that conversation. Happening. Well, we, we don't mind nice stalkers, do we, Tricia? We don't mind yeah. that. And you are what I would call a WYSIWYG. What you see is what you get. So I do hope that people do carry on that conversation with you, Tricia. Thank you. Isn't it great when you get the opportunity to have a good old chinwag with a fellow WYSIWYG like Tricia Lewis? The key moment for me in all of that was just how important it is for us to align ourselves with ourselves and with a like-minded community. So please do carry on the conversation with Tricia. On our website, we have put up a free resource from Tricia, More You In Your Content. There are also her social media links so that you can, just in a couple of clicks, be starting the conversation with Tricia. We'd love to hear your key takeaways. So please do drop us a line on the show or leave us a review on your favourite platform. Until next time, when we're going to be joined by Rob Cressy. Seriously, big personality. A dream is the day-to-day process and the journey of making the dream happen. (laughs) 